guys welcome back to another episode of more than a podcast good to have you guys back great to be back uh this is the first episode of 2022 hopefully you guys have been having a great start to your year i know i have uh listen i don't want to talk much about 2021 20, uh, we're in a new day um when I, you know, when I did my last episode last year, though, you know, I, I really wanted to just focus on giving the listeners time to just enjoy life. You know, it was around the holiday, you know, Christmas was coming, New Year's was going to be right around the corner. And all I could think about is like, hey, let's just let people just enjoy their time, enjoy their family, enjoy their friends, enjoy themselves and just live, you know. And that's what we did. So I took the time to do the same. You know, I, I've had a really, really good holiday. Came off that strong, you know, uh, really pushing uh, the beginning of 2022 to be the best that it can be. And that's why we are here today to talk about some video games right here on More to the Podcast. Um, what was really funny was in the uh in the preparation for the return i was asking on a poll what we would talk about today um had multiple different choices but as always video game video games reign supreme every single time it never fails it never will fail i don't think it's possible but that's just fine with me because i enjoy video games just as much as the audience so let's do it um you know i'm gonna approach it with a spin now, I know a lot of people might want to talk about video games that they're currently playing, video games that they might have right now, uh, you know, but listen, I like to t- kind of talk about things I've been through, things I've done, and what better place to talk about than the arcade? And I know when I say arcade, it's really funny because I think like maybe a majority of the audience who's listening thinks that arcade is probably um, some kind of... Uh, I, I, like I don't know like they, they don't think it's a place that you would you would have gone um, you know it probably sounds like some kind of movie uh, direct to DVD or something the arcade um, but yeah I want to talk about the arcade because the arcade was awesome and if you've ever had the experience of being in a true arcade I am not talking about Chuck E. Cheese or uh, the Discovery Zone <laughs> I'm talking about a real bona fide arcade where there were games on top of games on top of games and players that were all around you just like you to have the experiences that you came to have. It's such a drag that they don't exist anymore, but that's not what we're here to talk about. What we are here to talk about is my top 10 experiences in the arcade setting because the arcade, you know, coming up as a kid, was a very, very special place for me. It's a place where I feel like I found a lot of my character, a lot of my personality. Um, I was able to blossom a lot of my friendships within the arcade setting. So yeah, it's a really, really uh, special place for me. So we're gonna go through the top 10 experiences that I've had in arcades. Um, and hopefully you guys enjoy. I would love to hear what you guys have as far as an experience in actual arcades. I mean, listen, if you if your only arcade that you've been to was the few little games that they've had in Chuck E. Cheese, fine. Let me know how you felt about going in there and enjoying those games. It's all right. But if you haven't had the experience of just being in a real arcade, man, you missed a part of history that is absolutely um, one of the best parts of growing up as a gamer. So without without further ado, we're going to go into number one. So number one, and I'm going to go to the book here. Um, it's when you're play. Uh, it's when you're playing a game with multiple people and you die. Now, dying is not the good part, but it's when instead of, you know, leaving or instead of them playing alone, you get another player who either inserts another coin or gives you another coin so that you guys can finish the game or at least go as far as you can go. 
And that was super awesome. And I've had that experience multiple times. Like I could be playing with someone and it could be just a random person, you know, and I think that's when it felt most special. When you play with a random person, you could be playing um, a Turtles beat him up, the Simpsons beat him up. You could be playing anything. And, you know, you, you, you get into a run and, you you know, you get a little further than the average person would get. And, you know, you kind of know that, that they know what they're doing and they kind of look at you the same way. But, you know, one thing leads to another. Somebody falls out and you're on your last token that was your last token so you step back you put your you know you put your hands in your pockets you you want to at least watch you know your comrade uh finish up and go as far as they can go and what do they do they slide the token over on your side of the cabinet and it's just like really and i remember the first time that that happened for me i i honestly just thought that that was the most selfless thing that any human being could do for another human being um, and in fact, it's something that I started to implement in my experience of playing in the arcades, because as I got older, obviously I was more resourceful with the, um, tokens that I had. So yeah, I had the ability to just kind of, you know, play a little longer on less money and, you know, provide people the experience if they weren't as good at a game that required multiple people to play. Um, I would definitely do this on games like X-Men, the arcade game, because, I enjoyed that game so much and I and I would do anything to just see four people playing. So if I if I was playing with one other person and there were two people who were watching me play, I would literally give up the two tokens just to have them jump in and have a full four player experience. Would do it on Turtles, would do it on any game where it where um they allowed you to play with more than two players. Um so yeah, that 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 was that was one of my my very very fond memories of being in an arcade. Uh, number two, uh, going back to the book here, uh, when a machine would eat your token, obviously that's not the good part, but you'd get your staff member, somebody that you may have known for a little while, or maybe you didn't, I don't know, but they'd come through and they'd always have that magic set of keys. They'd open up the front, they'd check the, uh, the uh, token receiver, and whether whether they dislodged a coin or not, I never knew because I never was watching that often. But the one thing I did watch when they did it was when they would do this thing I call the flick. And what they would do is they would flick the coin receiver, which would register the the uh, the inserted tokens. <clears throat> and they would always do it to, I guess you want to say, quote unquote, accommodate me for the trouble. And it was just always just, I mean, it was basically until their finger got tired. It was always so awesome. It was like you put in one token, you lost it, you went and told somebody, and they came back and gave you like 10 credits for the game. Just, you know, you, like they, they'd, al they'd always play, uh, they'd always have a sound whenever you'd enter a token, you know, like, all right, or something like that. So you basically get like a remake, all right, <laughs> you know, because they're sitting there flicking the, uh, flicking the, uh, the little coin receiver, but it was just always stupid. Awesome. And I, you know, I got to a point where it became a regular thing, wink, wink, but I definitely tried to use that sparingly. So I would use it between different, uh, arcade technicians, try not to run into the same person telling, telling them the same exact story. Um, but you know, whenever, whenever they opened the machine, I was granted many, many credits more, than what I paid. Um, number three, uh, going back to the book here, when you're on a run in a game and you're actually getting a crowd, you're getting spectators who are watching you play in hopes to complete the game. See, having spectators is really, really awesome. Um, you know, I've had them in arcade settings. I've had them at in home settings. To be honest, I thrived more at home you know, with a console, you know, and I, and I never knew why, but it was always like my friends would come over and they would watch and I would just be in this zone. And they literally used to bring, I, this was the dumbest thing to me when I think back about it. My friends would bring games to me to beat 
And even if even if I if even if I didn't beat it in front of them, like like they'd watch as much as they could, and they'd be like, "Okay, I'm going home, and just keep it over here and, and see if you can beat it." Okay, great. And then like they'll come back the next day. Did you beat it? Yeah, I beat it last night. Oh, that man, that's awesome. What what did you see? And it's like like because they never wanted me to try to do it again. It was just what did you see? What happened in the story? So we would literally sit outside and talk about, uh, you know, what the ending of any particular game was, um. But it was always cooler when it happened in an arcade. Um, and again, it could be any kind of game. I mean, it, it really normally wasn't around games that required like a score, um, you know, like skee-ball or pinball or anything like that. Um, but it but it definitely happened around shooters, fighters especially. Like if you were if you got in a run on a fighter, um, a lot of times you can have people who would stick around because they want to run it back. But in that same stroke, you'd have people who may have been with them or people who may be interested, but they they don't know if they should get on the sticks and challenge you, you know, and it was just always super awesome to see that. It was always super awesome to just see a big crowd get because because you know what you know what it did. It, 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 it fed your ability. And I always felt like somewhere deep inside, I became a better player because of it. I felt like I played better and I tried harder when people came to watch me play, you know. And it was always super funny because you'd always get the kids who would get called by their parents because it's time to go. And they would just cry because it's like, I need to watch him finish this game. And it's like, like thinking back, it's like, it's not that serious. It's really not. Um, number four, uh, when you're really good at a game like skee-ball, which I just mentioned, or basketball, and you are able to amass a large amount of tickets. Now, here's my thing about tickets. I feel like gaining tickets has always been a scam in, in these places, even Chuck E. Cheese and stuff. I feel like it's been the biggest scam. Actually, I take it back. I think Chuck E. Cheese is probably the one place that gives you i th I think they kind of balance it out because they give you a ton of tickets for very little effort but your tickets are always going to be out of the reach of whatever it is that you are trying to get so it doesn't matter if you got a thousand tickets a thousand doesn't mean anything it means a pack of nailators you know like it's not the it's it's never going to get you anywhere but it was always cool when you kind of found the niche of what got you the most tickets and you just exploited it like I got really good at a time playing skee-ball where I could get a thousand points every roll. I knew exactly where to roll it and I was just good at it. And my tickets would crawl all the way just down to, to my feet and just snake around my ankles because I was sitting there getting a ton of tickets off these off these games. I was never that good at basketball, but again, it was super fun to just find out how to get the the most. Because I think like for I think for like the thousand points, which was like the top right, top left corners. I think if you you every time you hit those, I think it was like five or ten tickets every time you did it. So, you know, and, 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 you know, you got six balls so you, you could walk away with like 30 tickets, 18, 18 to 30 tickets, right? Like, like with one coin, like that, that's insane. So, you know, I'd, I'd sit there and, and I always loved how the tickets were always perforated. So you do that little zigzag fold. And then if you had a rubber band or whatever, you could rubber band them, um, one thing I did, I did dislike, I don't, I don't want to say hate, but I definitely disliked because it was always a political thing when you got with your, when you were with your friends and you guys collectively felt like you could put your tickets together and possibly get, you know, a bigger or better prize. No, because the bottom line is who's going to take it home? Who's is it going to be? What is it going to be? You know? And I used to, and like, I remember there was a time where I handed my tickets over to this political decision. And then instead of it being a, 
a decision for you know the the biggest best thing it was an executive decision made to just divvy out something on the medium and it's like no i would have totally saved my tickets to just get what i wanted up there now you're telling me that you just want to help me so that everybody here can get something i i mean i could have been a bastard about it i i <laughs> like like yeah maybe the way i was thinking about it was a little wrong but they were still my tickets and i could have totally just saved them and i and i did and you know that was always kind of funny too when you go to different arcades and you know, they all have their different token system, have their different uh, ticket system. And, um, you know, you you know, as a kid, you'd end up with a drawer full of tickets that you may not go back to that arcade ever again. Like I used to go to different cities, <clears throat> you know, as a kid for birthday parties at arcades and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, none, none of them were like franchise arcades. So I'd have tickets from so many different places and I'd have hundreds of them and I would never go back to these places for like years. And it was up to the point when I threw them away that then I would be going back to that arcade. Such a drag, such a drag. Um, let's see what we got here. Um, got number five. Um, when you can show off, this is my favorite, when you can show off some skills in a fighting game, when you're able to perform, uh, you know, when you're able to perform with your mains and you get perfects, you get uh, ultra combos, you get finishers, you get fatalities. That is probably the the most standout experience that I could ever talk about in an arcade setting. Um you know, I was never really that good at Street Fighter. Let's just keep that 110% facts. I was never good at Street I wasn't good at Street Fighter until I was able to get it at home. Because then I could legit sit, practice, and become proficient. It wasn't until then. Um, Mortal Kombat, however, which... Mortal Kombat, I mean, I, I, for all intents and purposes, it was truly a rock, paper, scissors kind of game. You know... If, if they go low, you go high. You know, if they're walking forward, you sweep. You know, if they are not blocking, you uppercut. You know, you punish people. And, you know, by the time you get to that point of finish him or her, you better have the combination to know how to, you know, show, you know, show off your victory. Um, but I will say that all this came to a perfect head when you got games like Marvel versus Capcom. When you got games where it became as simple as just, you know, two fierce buttons, you know, in a quarter circle, it was like, it was game over. And I remember fondly, um, I used to play Marvel versus Capcom and like every comic book fan in the '90s, I would always pick Wolverine as a part of my um, as a part of my team, and I would always pick this one character called Jen. Never knew where he was from. Never just just thought he looked cool. Some skinny Japanese kid in a white suit, and he has a huge mech. Never knew where he was from, but I thought he had the most awesome combination oh and i would always pick um captain commando oh my god just man i mean their their combos like they had these multi-hit combos and it was always so funny because i would pull them off and whenever i did it like i really thought i was i thought i was the man when it came to fighting games. i thought i was the absolute man and i would turn my back on the screen like I would I would do it and I would watch the I would watch the first hit connect and then I would just turn my back and I would just listen for the cues and know when the combo was over and then turn back over. I thought it was the I thought it was the slickest thing to do to, to do to a player to be quite honest it's very disrespectful but in that same stroke it, it did it probably didn't look as cool as I thought it did. I mean I felt cool at the at, you know at the time but it no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. And I used to do the same thing in Mortal Kombat. Like I like by like Mortal Kombat two, um, especially Ultimate Mortal Kombat. 
I believe that's when they had the uh, brutalities. And I was really good at Scorpion. I was really, really good at Scorpion. And I could get his brutality, like, hands down. And I would do the same exact thing. I would, I would get somebody up to that point where you're able to key in the brutality and I'd do it and then he'd start going auto and I would just turn my back and just and just listen for the cue of the explosion and it was just like why is this guy such an ass <laughs> like why does he do this um but I, but but again I've, I've definitely had my fair share of getting whooped off of sticks um I have had many times where I have been shut down into corners like i would try to turtle and it would just never work like i get like i get swept and then right when i got went right when i got open for that sweep they would just go into this combination and would never let me fall and it was always just the worst thing i used to just oh i used to feel so bad about it but again this is fighters you know you learn you learn to deal with the different situations and circumstances and i and and honestly dude like i think that i I think that's the big difference between fighting games now and fighting games then because the one thing that i could say is that to give somebody a good game you know or gg in person is so different than it is online like online fighting games like i don't even do online fighting games like when i get fighting games i play i play on my own and i play with friends and that's about it and i rarely play with friends because like i because because my because some some of the friends that i have you know they are kind of ingrained with that sense of how fighting games are done today with that just insincere kind of you know teabagging and all that stuff and it's it's just like nah dude like you got like like and again it's contradicting to to my my actions as a kid like i like honestly like when when i do get worked in a game and those things happen i feel like it's karma like bro you know how many people you turned your back on thinking you were you were the man like so, so so for somebody to like literally smile in your face while still performing a combo and you're not able to defend someone who's looking you dead in your eyes while they're playing a fighting game like that's karma like you just gotta deal with it bro like just just deal um but you know going going back to the arcade setting it's like at the very least even if i even if i did that much i was still able to fist bump somebody and 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 let them know that i appreciated the game you know there were there were times where I would play fighting games like hell. The first time I played Mortal Kombat, I got whooped off the sticks. I want to say the first five six times that I played, and it, and I was playing against the same exact uh, kid. And I used to, and I mean he was pl- he was playing with Liu Kang sometimes, and he played with Sub Zero sometimes, and I'm it, and it was crazy because it was like everybody that he played with, he knew their fatality. He knew their fatality. So I got to see all that stuff first time, like, whoa, like just craziness. And um, I remember he tried to teach me how to do, um, I want to say sub-zeros, forward, down, forward, high punch. And I couldn't get the concept of it in my head. And so what he did was he reverted me to play with Liu Kang and he said, look, all you have to do is just hold this button and just spin the stick like this going uh, clockwise. And um, when I did it and, you know, the fatality happens, I was just I was struck in awe, but I was also driven to learn. So then I so then I went and, you know, I, I can't even recall how I got the other fatalities you know but again back when i was a kid like you know it wasn't there wasn't a such thing as the internet until like the late 90s so a lot of your information had to come from magazines a lot of your information had to come from um from trial and error and a lot of it had to come from uh speaking to people actually talking to people you know 
Um, I remember that I went on a quest to collect fatalities and believe it or not, I had a freaking typing class with actual typewriters. <laughs> and uh, I remember I spent like I actually wrote down all these fatalities that I collected during lunch or nutrition or whatever period that was. And I wrote them all down on a freaking uh, brown paper towel or something. And I got to my typing class and I was like, I'm going to type these out. And so I typed out every single person's name, their fatality, um, and like just completely ignored the lesson that was going on in the class. Just spent the whole time. I, and I think at the time I probably only had like maybe five fatalities. I think I I think I had like Lu, like Liu Kang, Scorpion, Sub Zero, Johnny Cage, and Raiden, and then there were still Sonya Blade, and I don't I I don't think at the time I I I got hers, and I don't think I got Kano's either, but um, I don't think I did theirs until I got home uh, when it came when it came to uh, to consoles, which is so funny because I actually asked a a really important question and and I am on the side of Mortal Kombat. Like so the question that I asked was which 90s commercial had the biggest impact? Was it the Super Mario 3 commercial where all the kids are standing around in in synchronized colored shirts and they're all saying Mario 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 and then when they pan out to the world, it's the face of Mario. Ooh, so awesome, right? But then you got the Mortal Kombat one where everybody's running to the to the to this to, to the town center. Everybody's running. Everybody's going. And what are they going for? Mortal Monday. And it's like the the dudes goes Mortal Kombat. It, I mean, it spawned a freaking song. It spawned a song. Like the song the song didn't precede the the commercial. The commercial preceded that song. So most people remember that that techno song that was in the movie, dude. That 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 kid screaming Mortal Kombat was way before that. That's where that came from, you know. So like to me, that was more awesome than the Mario Three commercial. Mario Three is a better game than than Mortal Kombat is, but at the end of the day, Mortal Kombat had the way better commercial. I. I know, I know, uh, I think the, I think the majority of people, cause I didn't do like an official poll, but I think the majority of the people were like, it's, it's definitely the Mario commercial. And I'm like, dude, no, it's not, it can't be it, like, granted, it was a great commercial, but it, I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe I just have to admit defeat, but anyway, I digress. I got to get back to this list. Um, there was an awesome little tangent right there. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Number six, yeah, um, watching, now this one is a really good one. I really, really like this one. It's when you're watching your parents completely wreck an old school game, something that you would consider old at the time, and do it all with just one token. That was something that I, you know, you, you, you know, there's always a time in your life where you look at your parents and you may wonder about, how they have ever found themselves capable of doing something that you felt like they had absolutely no clue how to do. And I felt like that about my mom. I, you know, I remember when she walked up to a pinball machine, we had gone to another, you know, one of the many birthday parties that was held at an arcade. And I think she saw a pinball machine that, um, she had probably played when she was a kid or a teenager or something like that. Um, and she asked me for a token and I gave her the token and she was playing and then I walked away and I went to go play something else. And I came back about 15, 20 minutes later, she's still playing pinball. I'm asking how many times did you play? And she said, I'm still playing. I said, you're still playing on what token? She said the the one you gave me. And I and and at that point, I just stood there and I watched. And you know what she did? She walked away from the game and told me to take over. She was so, she was she was so good at pinball that 
she <laughs> she was so good at pinball that she walked away from the game because she had motherly duties and responsibilities and just said, here, you play. And of course, she's got this score that's like tens of thousands, something I would never get. I'd be out of three balls in like under a minute. But she played for about 25 minutes and was just completely wrecking the game. And, and, and I could not wrap my head around this. Now, she was the reason that I got good at uh, uh, skee-ball, though. Because I remember, you know, as a kid, I would sit there and I would always aim for the the middle. But she was like, no, what you need to do is you need to aim for the, you need to aim for the biggest score and you need to stop rolling from the beginning of the track. You need to start your roll towards the middle of the track. And I just was like, how are you going to tell me how to roll the ball? But when I tried it and I did it and I became good at it, I was like, wow, she has she has saved me so many tokens and amassed me so many tickets. And it was just the greatest, greatest, greatest feeling greatest feeling in the world so yeah watching watching your parents go up to things like pac-man um donkey kong donkey kong jr popeye tapper you know games that like you you kind of you kind of at the time you probably played them because you only had one token left or whatever but when they played them they would like legit you know put a hurting on these games and you're just like whoa like you're like you're still playing and i've already ran out of the whole five dollars that i had like it was just it was such a special time so i always appreciated that um number seven coming in first place in a racing game against other players at the arcade that is a cool feeling that's a really good feeling um you know i i wasn't really a big fan of like the simulator type racing games i always liked the more ridiculous racing games like your um cruising usas and all that stuff and dude let me tell you coming in first place is the best even if you don't have people watching it's kind of like you know you got you got you got the person next to you who you're racing obviously they're putting you against the computer and you beat all you beat you you beat the odds over all of that and you come in first place and you look over at whoever's, you know, challenging you. They're looking at a continue screen. You're looking at please wait. <laughs> it's the best. It is the absolute best. Like I wasn't that good at racers, but you know, like when when you when you go to an arcade, the one thing that you can always count on is repetition. These games they never change. So you get used to where certain turns and dips and obstacles are and you you basically acclimate yourself to the to the situation, so you know I would do this and I'd get myself you know in better positions and and there were times where I'd come in first place. Now now again these were games that were hyper competitive, but super fun. Even if you didn't come in first place, it was super fun, and you're high fiving people that you know you'd beaten or whatever because it was fun for everybody. You know, the fun was in the challenge. And, and 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 again, we don't we don't live like that anymore. And it's just a shame. It's a shame. But I digress again. Number eight, uh, playing and completing a light gun shooter. Games like uh, Area 51, Lethal Enforcers, Time Crisis and House of the Dead. Dude, let me tell you something about some light gun shooter games. They have the same appeal as your most popular beat em up. You go to a cabinet and, you know, normally they would only have two players, two, two guns. And it was just it was such an awesome feeling. And, you know, especially games like House of the Dead. House of the Dead is one of those games. Time Crisis as well. Um they were games that had a story interweave through the the mindless shooting, um, and you always wanted to you always wanted to find yourself progressing the story. So you weren't entering coins because you just wanted to keep shooting. You were doing it because you needed to understand what happened to 
uh i think it's g was his name g and i think the other guy named was uh james um which of course i always wanted to play as james but um you know like they were you know they play the story out and you're just like i gotta understand what's what what happens now granted you know like the final boss was a piece of crap and and super cheap and that's and i think that's how sega got you you know they they let you get they let you get through the first few levels on a few coins but by the time you got to that final boss yeah no you're going to be spending at least five dollars that is a given now it wasn't as cheap as a game like uh terminator 2 because terminator 2 you can you can spend a whole dollar just on the first level i have never in my life short of using mame um which i i, I can't I'm, I'm still trying to think how did i get that to happen I can't remember how I got it to happen, but I used MAME because um, I remember doing it for Terminator 2 and I also did it for uh, G.I. Joe, the American Hero, uh, both light shooter, light gun shooter games. I think I did. Yeah, I think they I think the mouse was able to to track as as the gun. And so I was able to just kind of click around. But, dude, I had I had to go unlimited coins on T2 just to get through the freaking first stage. It was insane. It was insane. But you didn't have those experience with with the other games I'm talking about, um, especially like like Lethal Enforcers. I love Lethal Enforcers because one, I like how their their guns they weren't as ridiculous. Like I think they were like uh, modeled after like uh, 357 Magnums. Um, but what was cool in the game was it was one of the well, uh, well, Time Crisis did it as well, um, where they'd have like the bystander mechanic, where like they would flash the enemies in front of you so you had so like enemy comes out you only got like a split second to shoot decide whether you're going to shoot or not and you know you take that split second you you lay out the opposition but then boom somebody comes out and you shot an innocent bystander and it it felt bad in time crisis but it felt so much worse in lethal enforcers because in lethal enforcers they they um they had uh, the digitized realistic graphics so they look like real people um and you know you they they pop out this person don't shoot and it's like you shoot and it's like and and what they did when you shot innocent people was you got punished for it they would literally um take your health and you, it was always so weird because you know you sit there and lose a life based on the fact that you were shooting up innocent people um actually you can shoot innocent people in um house of the dead too i forgot the 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 doctors that run towards you help me and and yeah that that was always such a drag too um because i think i think you probably get i think you had like five people to help per level and there were just some instances where i just could not help people and just like dude just let's just keep going (laughs) let's just keep going there you know there was a um there was another light gun shooter game that i really really enjoyed um, and this one was again, more down the line of being a realistic, uh, uh, game. I think it was called, uh, police nine one one or rescue nine one one or something, something rather. Um, and they gave you like a, a Beretta or a nine millimeter. It was like a standard issue weapon. And, um, you had to stand, you had to stand firm on this platform. Like you literally had to keep your feet in this platform and you know in order to reload the gun you know you had to aim down then aim back up um but how they how they how they punished you for shooting innocent people in that game is i think they i think they did this mechanic where it was like you were getting you, you were getting like demotions or something like that like like basically you were just like you get promoted you get you got promoted in the game but <clears throat> but if you actively were shooting innocent people, then you'd get demotions. And it was just, man, it was such a good game. And even though it's not a light shooter game, there was a light boxing game that I used to enjoy where you actually had these gloves and it was the same thing. You stand on a platform and you sit there and box. Oh my gosh. Um, I wish I, <laughs> I wish I could find that game. It, now here's the funny thing. I have built crowds around games, <clears throat> but the biggest crowds that I've ever pulled was off of that stupid boxing game. And I got far as hell in that game. <clears throat> um, you know, again, you, you 
you you grip you grip these grips and then they kind of emulate these boxing gloves and it was like you had to duck and weave and bob and all this other stuff and i would just and then it was like it was always so funny because like they like the enemy would get dazed and then like the computer's like go 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 and you you sit there and have to punch your you have to punch as many times as you can to get the rest of their um health down and then you know when you got them down to that health that you, you they give you that one super punch either to their stomach or to their head and man i mean i used to have crowds now granted this was at disneyland so of course the crowd's gonna come out and watch <laughs> but man that that was that to me is probably one of my top 10 games in the arcade of all time like don't even know the name of the freaking game and it never it obviously never came to a system or anything but it was just so 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 fun they made yeah light gun shooters light gun boxers they were all fun back in the day um let's see number nine uh being in awe in awe of the neo geo multi-game cabinets dude let me tell you about those multi-game cabinets um it's kind of funny to say this because it's my experience to be quite honest i didn't experience a a neo geo multi-game cabinet until i hit a laundromat but even still it was like wait a minute you're telling me i can play the art of fighting metal slug baseball stars or samurai showdown and i can do this all in one place like i could choose one of these and i could play right here right now one of these games you know what it was so scary i used to, I, I didn't try for years i didn't know I, I i couldn't understand the concept i couldn't wrap my head around four games being available in one place it it didn't make sense to me it actually scared me but then when i did take the time to kind of play it was it was the greatest now now granted neo geo did do single cabinets they did single cabinets for a long time you know because i definitely remember uh fatal fury special i definitely remember world heroes uh two as a big game i definitely remember samurai showdown um I wasn't a big player of Metal Slug. That was never a big thing for me. I wasn't a big player in the Busta Move. A lot of the a lot of games that again they they put in these multi cabinets um, that I would I you know I would never would have tried if they weren't in that form. You know if they were just single cabinets. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have played them, but because they were offered in this one set this one area, it was like oh let me try. And you know what I what I really really got to appreciate is again say i mean i just said it but in the offerings of like games that you just normally wouldn't play because like they have they have one of the most i don't want to call it ridiculous but they have a soccer game that again at the time i would have never played soccer would have never ever played soccer in my life but to play this game it was like completely awesome because it gave a different spin it made it feel more fun it made it feel more engaging same thing with baseball stars i despise baseball well i did at the time didn't want anything to do with baseball but baseball stars as a game brought so much excitement to the experience of playing baseball it's it's one of my favorite games it is absolutely one of my favorite games it's just so ridiculous and it's just as good as like your NBA jams, your NFL blitzes. It's it's just as good. Neo Geo multi cabinets are amazing, and I feel like they're, I feel like they are the precursor and the foundation to uh, emulators and how we uh, kind of compiled games uh, in in the mid two thousands in one place to kind of play all of our games. It's it's the same concept. And, and and nowadays, I think there are arcades to do that. I think, I mean, no, actually, people build cabinets like that. People build cabinets. They build cabinets where they have multiple games, like hundreds of games, in just one place. Spend thousands of dollars to do it. But if they prop that thing up and try to make a killing, yeah, they'll be in trouble. But, you know, in that same stroke, it's kind of like, hey, you can save a little money, bro, because I got all the games right here. You know, put five bucks in and you play whatever you want all day long. Number 10, the final one. This one's a real sentimental one. 
And it's just getting out of the house and just having a place to call your own. You know, I again, I don't have any, I don't have anything I don't have anything against people who enjoy their time, you know, at home amongst family, friends, whomever. But in my experience, you know, especially with the arcade going the way of of the void, it's 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 such a missed experience to just have a place to go. You know, it it was always super awesome whether you were coming home from school or it was Saturday morning and your friends were out of town or your parents were giving you crap at home or you just wanted a place to have some fun. Going to the arcade used to be amazing. It was always the place for me where when I got drugged <clears throat> to the mall, you know, we're going to go to Sears, then we're going to go to JCPenney, then we're going to go over here, we're going to go over there. And yeah, no, I'll be at the arcade. Just come by the arcade <clears throat> when you're ready. But you don't have any money. That's just fine. That's just fine. Like that, that would, that's, that's, that was the coolness of arcades. You could legit walk into an arcade and have no money and still walk out having played five games easily. Easily. Be it if you be it if you ran into friends who were there or if you found tokens or if somebody walked off of a game. I've I've had that happen several times. I've had it happen to where people will be mid game and their parents will come at them and say, It's time to go and I won't say it again and they would just leave the game kind of you know, and I and I would I would salvage games like that. You like I said, like I was saying in my in my list you know you, you you sometimes you went and you just watched a person they might be on a cabinet where nobody else is and they just want to play with somebody so what do they do they just slide you a coin slide you a token insert the token press start heck they might even have token uh a line of tokens already uh already uh inside the system and they'll just press start on your side and it wasn't something you had to ask about you didn't you didn't need a look of confirmation or anything. You knew your place. You knew that when he pressed start on that second screen, that was saying, help me. You're with me. Man, I miss arcades. I really, really do. I feel like there's so much that we had in the experience of just being human beings amongst human beings. And I'm not here to trash what the modern day experience is. I feel like gaming has become more efficient. More people are able to play games than ever before. But would I trade off the amount of people playing for the way that people play? Absolutely. 110%. I would. I would sacrifice everything that we have today to bring back the values that arcades instilled in us as gamers because listen I don't even even if even if you have never stepped foot in an arcade ever in your life it is because of arcades that you play today bottom line bottom line well why don't they why don't they exist anymore? Well, because because now, you know, now the gaming industry has become such a juggernaut that there's a shifting, there's a paradigm shift on what those values are as far as being a gamer. I mean, and it's not, it's not an unfair, it's not an unfair, uh, uh, perception 
They make games to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what they do. And they clearly can make more money by putting games in your home than putting them in a cabinet, you know, at the local uh, shopping center. It's just the way that it is. But man, I do wish, man, I do wish that we could just have a run of game developers who understood and know how important arcades were and are because the arcades still exist. You know, they're still around, but now they're more like a nostalgic act as opposed to, you know, a a historic standard because a lot of people don't know what arcades are. It's crazy. But man, if you took today's developers and they took the time to make a game that was an exclusive experience to you, you know, leaving your home and going to play it at an actual arcade, man, I, I, whew, I would, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would, I would love that. I would just, I would absolutely adore that. There's nothing wrong playing console games. I do it too. But, man, the arcade was special. So with that being said, you know, that was my top 10 list. Things that uh, happened, you know, with me in my childhood, my growing up uh, in the arcade. Uh, What is your experiences? Do any of you have an experience in arcades? Uh, Was your first or only arcade experience (laughs) in a laundromat or some small hole in the wall or did you actually have the uh the uh the fine experience of being in a full-blown arcade what was your favorite arcade game to play um i would love to hear from you guys you guys are always super awesome uh when it comes to being on social media um you guys know you can hit me up on the twitter uh more m-o-o-r-e the podcast uh actually more t-a podcast saying the more ta podcast um and you can hit me up there on on twitter we can talk about some video games and all that stuff um hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode i really enjoyed making it for you as always super happy to be back super happy to be um making content again and we're gonna just keep it rolling keep it going keep 2022 awesome and happy And man, next week's episode is going to be just as good as this week's episode. And that's the commitment we're just running with every single time we do this. All right. Okay, good. Now, that being said, you guys already know the deal. Take care of yourselves. Please take care of each other. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.